Hello, I'm John Ellis, and welcome to episode 70 of Pitodri PS, the predominantly Dons-based podcast featuring not just the Dons' first team, but a look across the age groups and genders at the club. And we focus on the respective progress of Cove and Peterhead too, as well as the North East local representatives in the Highland League and juniors, and not just football, but any sport making headlines in the North East of Scotland or featuring someone from the North East of Scotland. Joining me for this journey, as always, Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. So here we are, recording this episode on the morning of Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. Looking back over the weekend game at Celtic Park and ahead to the home match against Livingston this coming Saturday. Uh, let's start with the review. Celtic versus Aberdeen finished 4-0 to the home side and it looks very much like any head of steam Barry seemed to be building has been efficiently and ruthlessly extinguished. Uh, your thoughts, Andrew? No goals, no corners, no shots in goal, not a hell of a lot of possession. And ultimately, no chance of laying a glove on Celtic, who were very good. They seem to get better and better. They almost take it in turns to in the middle of the park to be the the main man, Callum McGregor, we've seen running the show so often. But it was uh, Rio Hatati who was the, the the main man for Celtic on Saturday. Two very good goals, and you know a, a really good performance conducting the orchestra. It was always going to be a little bit of a free hit as far as Aberdeen were concerned. I know nobody likes to hear that, but nobody went there with any expectation of getting anything out of the game. And uh, that's the way it turned out. Graham Shinney and Barry Robson speaking afterwards, clearly frustrated, but knowing that they've now got a run of games. Uh, Livingston at home, followed by Dundee United away, Hearts at home, St Johnston away, Kilmarnock at home, Ross County away, and then Rangers at home to complete the the pre-split fixtures. And they've really got to start taking points starting this weekend against Livingston. Mm. Was it as bad as previous away matches this season and last day? I mean, did we just disintegrate? Willie Miller described the Dons' best player as being Joe Hart. Yeah, I actually only saw the second half. And to be fair, there seemed to be an improvement on the first half, which, well, it couldn't really get much worse. I mean, it was the, the start that uh, Barry and the staff just did not want. You want to hold out for the first 20 minutes or so. We were two goals down within 12, 13 minutes. But uh, the second half, it looked as though we were a bit more solid. And uh, obviously the game was gone, I think. But uh, looking to hold at 2-0, which is a relatively respectable the scoreline well, is still three points lost, but uh, the two late goals, you know, again showed Celtic's dominance. And you do think that if they really wanted to score more, they, they could have. Mm. Um, there's a long way to go. But you mentioned the games coming up, Andrew, and I think that's where Barry's performance should really be decided because these are, these are the games that we have to be taking a fair number of points from. I saw what I thought was a, a harsh comment, but I, I understood the sentiment of it as the game was being played. I'll, I'll paraphrase. Barry Robson's a babysitter, not a manager. Um, that result wouldn't have helped any long-term aspirations he might have, Andrew. But I think also, I mean, counting against him, unfortunately, is, is what's gone immediately before in terms of two young managers who are now the callers for experience. None of that bodes well for Barry, does it? doesn't really. And I understand where Barry's coming from. He's trying to put his thoughts into the team onto the pitch. 
And it does take a lot of time to get these ideas across because the majority of the squad is Jim Goodwin's squad, who obviously were being taught the Jim Goodwin way, which, as it's turned out, wasn't particularly successful. Now Barry's coming in, he's wanting to change things. I think he's he's looking for greater intensity, um, which is understandable, particularly away from home, given a, a record. He wants more solidity in defence. Again, understandable, because we've got the worst defensive record in the whole league. And we've conceded in excess of 50 goals, which is ridiculous. And as you say, he's maybe a babysitter at the moment. But for Barry, if it doesn't work out, it really is a blot in his CV. And you can tell it's hurting him that he's not getting results and ultimately it's the players who get your results and Graham Shinney made a very good point I think when he said it's the players who have all got to take responsibility and they, they like what Barry's doing um, but they've got to show that liking by producing performances now they did against Motherwell and we all said aye but it was only Motherwell Motherwell are awful we've helped them kick on as well Exactly. I mean, uh, uh, Stuart Kettlewell's come in and, and won two games yeah. uh, and is in line to be given the managerial position. It's all lifts, buts and maybes, but everybody is, is capable of beating everybody else. Livingston, a while back, everybody's gone. They're the toughest team to play against. They're flying. They're getting great results. They lose 3-0 at home to Cali Thistle in the Cup. They lose 3-0 at home to Livingston, uh, to Rangers at Livingston. And, you know, they're going to come up to... Pitaudry, not in a great shape. And without Stefan Omionga, who's suspended, it is up to the Aberdeen players to roll their sleeves up, show a bit of aggression, get on the front foot, push Livingston back and dictate the game rather than what happened on Saturday, which I think we all knew was going to happen, that Celtic dictated the, the flow of the game. Um, so, mightily important, but not just for the club, but for, for Barry as well. Yeah, he's got this game against Livingston in his sights, Dave. That'll give us a, a better idea of where we're at, won't it? Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it is for all the things that Andrew mentioned. It's one that there'll be a, a decent crowd there, I'm quite sure. Fans will get right behind Barry, and it's one that we, we will need to take the three points. Otherwise, I do think that could be a not the nail in the coffin for Barry's regime, but it would help, obviously, and the could be quite significant and significant in terms of us going forward to the rest of the, the group of games you mentioned uh, that Andrew mentioned because mm. you know at the end of the day we're still not that far away from the wrong end of the of the the table and uh, as we've seen everyone can beat everybody else well, apart from Dundee United obviously but uh, um, <laughs> don't, so, don't don't curse us with that one no. <laughs> <laughs> until they come to play us I was going to say. <laughs> Is Europe gone, Andrew? I mean, it looks dangerously like the worst of all outcomes in terms of in terms of crowd killers. Let's say. I mean, don't get me wrong; I don't want to be flirting with relegation, but I think we've got a real danger of being, say, seventh, top of the bottom half, far enough ahead to be untroubled by the drop, far too behind to do anything meaningful above, and, and we end the season just fizzling out with nothing games and diminishing crowds. So, is Europe definitely gone? Or not, it probably will be if we if we don't get three points this Saturday, right? 
Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, if we have any aspirations whatsoever of getting up to fourth place in the table, we have got to start winning games, and that begins on Saturday against Livingston. Because Hibs seem to have turned a corner. They're getting results. But as Dave said, you're more looking back over your shoulder than looking up the way at the moment because of the, the way the form is going. And, you know, St Johnston are getting closer. They are getting results. Motherwell have started picking up victories. The last thing we want is another couple of defeats and then you're going to get sucked right down. You're going to be ninth, 10th, whatever. And looking at, oh, can we stay ahead of Kilmarnock, Dundee United, etc. I think they are, they've got too much in the squad there at Petaudry that they should be able to be looking up the way rather than down the way. But... It's all about what they do out on the park. It will be better this weekend in terms of options, um, particularly in defence, because Ross McCrory and Liam Scales will come back in. I think, to be fair to them, Matty Pollock and Angus MacDonald, by and large, defended very well on Saturday in the face of a, a pretty relentless onslaught from Celtic. But it's it's all about getting this important victory against Livingston on Saturday um, because otherwise there is a genuine fear of getting sucked into a relegation dogfight and given the fragility of the squad at Petaudry and how they've performed away from home, you just don't want to get into that. Let's just look at a couple of things being touted about. Um, first, the idea of, of Gordon Strachan returning to the club it seems to have sort of mixed responses, but a large part of that would appear to depend on returning in what position, or some would happily stick with him as being director of football, and they put him in there. Others in a, in a managerial capacity only if it was until the end of the season, allowing the board the time and the space to bring in the right replacement. And the, the fringe radicals would like him installed at right wing because they believe he's a better option than anything else currently available. Gordon Strachan, Dave. Not sure that uh, Gordon would be up for coming in on a, a short-term basis because he's got the, the managerial pedigree going back quite a bit. And that might be one of the problems that he has been out of frontline management. I know he's involved with Dundee, but he's been out of frontline management for, for quite a number of, of years. Uh, so would that count against him? Would, at his age, would he be up for the, the fight? Because undoubtedly there will be a fight and lots of challenges. So it, personally, I think it'd be a great appointment. He knows the club. Uh, first and foremost, you know, I would couch that with saying Mark McGee knew the club before he was appointed, and that didn't really work out. But uh, <laughs> no, it's certainly one of the more interesting ones, and I think possibly one that would go down quite well with Red Army, but obviously the proof of the pudding would be in what happens after he's appointed. There also seems to be this element of support suggesting that we look abroad for fresh ideas with that belief that, you know, foreign equals good. Uh, Pedro Cascina, anyone? No? Okay. Any of those names jump out at you as being worth a punt, Andrew, that you've seen associated with the club? Frankly, no. I think there's been a lot of um, trawling about the internet looking for managers who are out of work, who have possibly the, the scantest of connections to Scottish football. The, the Spanish guy from... Was it Jubilo Iwata? Just because Ange Postacoglu has come from Japanese football to be a major success at Celtic, some people seem to put two and two together and say, oh, well, get somebody from 
that's been successful in Japan and he'll be a success at Aberdeen. I really don't know. Only the board would be able to tell you who they've got in their sights. The Gordon Strachan one, obviously, is of interest because, A, the connection with Aberdeen, B, the connection with Barry Robson and Steve Agnew. Now, whether he would be brought in as a sort of overseer, mentor, call him what you like, and keep Barry and Steve and Scott Anderson in place in the coaching staff, I don't know. I think it's a case I watch this space until Alan Burrows comes on board. And as Dave mentioned when we were talking about Dave Carmack, unfortunately having to go for a triple heart bypass surgery, all of a sudden there's a, a big onus being thrown on the shoulders of Alan Burrows yeah. um, to, to lead the side forward in this managerial hunt. So I think it will be interesting because I'm sure when Alan comes on board uh, a week past yesterday, um, one of the first things he's going to be asked is, right, managerial situation, give us an update, who's in the frame He's not going to name names, I'm quite sure, but he might be able to point us in the direction of which the the board is thinking at the moment. Mm. Um, It's all very unsettling. And at this stage in the season, it's not good, is it? Because you're still trying, we said, we're trying to push for fourth place. Third's out the door. Forget about third. But fourth place is possible, but becoming increasingly less likely. What is becoming more likely is if the form continues, a relegation struggle and bottom six, which is unacceptable and harder to sell to a prospective new manager. So um, it's it's a real mess at the moment. It just puts so much onus on this game on Saturday because if yeah. you can win it and win it playing well and get the crowd energised again, all of a sudden you could see there's quality enough in the squad that you could see them going on a decent wee run because the games aren't they're, they're, they're all difficult but they're less difficult than some shall I put it that way in the forthcoming weeks and if you could go on a run who knows where that could take you well I was going to say if, if uh, the new managerial appointment goes wrong there's someone there to carry the can now well <laughs> There is that, Possibly. yes. Um, Possibly. The, the wait for Alan Burrows to take up his post becomes more pivotal with the news of Dave Cormack having a triple heart bypass and obviously taking time out of the day-to-day running of the club in the meantime, one would assume. And of course, we wish him well during the, that period of recuperation, but Burrows' input would now seem to be even more important. Do you think we'll, we'll appoint anyone before the end of the season or leave Barry and Steve in charge or bring in someone to act as a custodian possibly with Barry and Steve until the end of the season, Dave? Yeah, and, and we all wish uh, Dave a speedy recovery. But I think it'll all depend on the results and this group of games coming forward. I mean, I, I really do. I mean, because football is as short-termism as that. But if they don't go well, then we will be dragged in at the wrong end of the table. And, you know, uh, desperate times need desperate measures. And then, of course, uh, there's the fact we have got to play football matches whilst all this swirls on around us. So uh, shall we do a score predictor for Aberdeen versus Livingston? Dave? I would say 8-0 Aberdeen, but I think that's probably a slight exaggeration. 2-0 Aberdeen. Andrew? Livingston are conceding goals. We are capable of scoring goals. I'm going to even go one better than Dave and go 3-0 to the Dons. <laughs> OK, um, 
I'm going to, we'll say one. Let's move on to the under-18s next, Andrew. Their league campaign, the only active one for them now, but they are right in the hunt on that and on the back of a good win over Hamilton last time out. On Friday, they took the field at Cormac Park in a pivotal match against Celtic. How did that go, Andrew? Well, delighted to say that the young boys did themselves proud and won 4-3 in a, a great game of football. Um, Celtic more than played their part in the game, but two goals from Liam Harvey, a penalty from Brendan Hamilton, and what turned out to be the match winner from Alfie Stewart gave the Dons a 4-3 win. On the same day as Alfie Bavage, of course, was scoring for Scotland's under-17s in Spain against Switzerland. So it was nice to see that they could could win such a big game mm. without their main goal scorer. Liam Harvey stepped up to the plate. Liam scored more than his fair share this season, but um, a really good team performance. And once again, blessing Oli Yemi, producing a couple of really top-notch saves towards the end of the game to ensure that the Young Dons took the three points. And it was such a vital three points because had Celtic even drawn far less won the game, they would have been favourites, I think, to, to win the title. There's still a fair bit to go, but if Aberdeen win their games in hand, they get to the top of the table. And having beaten Hamilton away the previous week, that was the top two, Hamilton and Celtic. And we've beaten both of them. We've now got the other top side in the league, Motherwell, to play at Cormac Park this Friday, 2pm kickoff. That will be another big one for, for the Dons so looking forward to that and great to see that we've got our own versions of Alf Tupper in the youngsters coming through which will mean absolutely nothing to anybody that's under the age of well, considerable <laughs> 60 odds Dave yes um, but yeah it's it's nice to see the, the name Alfie popping up once again in Messrs Bavage and Stewart um, what's it all so, about Alfie that's it. absolutely yeah, yeah. but um, no it's, it's going to be a, another cracker of a game I'm sure out at Cormac Park on Friday Bavage obviously will be back um, for that one the two sides drew 1-1 at Cormac Park earlier on in the season. There's not a lot between them. They're always good competitive games against Motherwell. But I think the Dons have got a, a bit of wind in their sails once again. They had a wee blip mid-season there, but to beat Hamilton away and then beat Celtic, that's really got them fired up for this. So I'm hopeful of another victory to be reporting on next week. Excellent. Two Aberdeen women who uh, last time went down 5-0 and out of the Scottish Cup to Glasgow City. Their next match, a league one, back at Balmour, uh, also against Glasgow City. That one uh, a week on Sunday. Cove Rangers, Paul Hartley went into this weekend's fixture knowing a win over our both would practically guarantee their safety in the Championship for another campaign. It ended 1-1. Close, but no cigar, Dave. Yeah, it felt like a defeat because obviously Leighton McIntosh getting the goal fairly late on, but uh, Abroth not giving up and getting the equaliser. No damage done, but it could have been so much more promising. So still lots and lots, which there always was going to be, even if we'd beaten Abroth, there's still going to be all these cup finals between now and the end of the season. So with Hamilton winning as well, that's put a wee bit of extra pressure, uh, but it's still really no change. And uh, obviously, Cove having got monkey off their back with the win down at uh, Firhill a couple of weeks ago. They're on the road again this weekend and hopefully that will give them confidence. But again, it's going to be another tough, tough game. Yeah, Cove's next match uh, away to Morton. Peter Head next in their tiny two-team league till the end of the season. The object to remain in contention for a playoff. This weekend past, they played 
well, the other team in that league, Clyde away. We dubbed it last week a must-win, and it ended 1-0 for Clyde. Are they blue-doomed, Andrew? It's kind of looking a wee bit that way, isn't it? I mean, they've got 11 games to go. They've still got another game against Clyde to play, but because there's now that three-point gap between the two sides and Clyde having a hugely better goal difference or a, or a, a less inferior goal difference, I should say, they are very much in the box seat for getting into the playoff now. 1-0, it finished up. Some great play down the left-hand side by Martin Rennie, cross into the middle, a bullet header from Cameron Salkild. 82nd minute, another hard luck story for Peter Head, but another blank from the strikers. It's fast becoming, yeah, looking like the trap door is, it's not inching opening. There's a big opening there and they're they're clinging on by their fingernails. Mm. They've got Kelty Hearts at home this weekend. Kelty, who are third bottom of the table, but... 18 points clear of Clyde and 21 clear of um, Peterhead. So it's not going to be easy. Clyde themselves away to Edinburgh City. Edinburgh City in fourth place, but needing points if they're going to ensure that they get into the playoffs for going up the way. There's an awful lot still to be played for, but the games are running out. And I think, to be honest, hope is running out for Peterhead. A little bit ominous. Um, on to the Highland League now with uh, results from Saturday's round of matches ending like this. Brecon City 5, Inverurie Locos 1, Clack 3, Devonville 1, Bank City 2, for Martin United 3, Aberdeenshire Shield winners Fraserburgh 4, Keith 0, Lossiemouth 0, Brora Rangers 3, Rothis 2, Forest Mechanics 1, Tariff United 0, Bucky Thistle 1, and Wick Academy 1, Nairn County 2. And those results left the table like this. Bucky Jag still top on 65 points, breaking two behind on 63, but crucially with two games in hand and still undefeated this season. Fraserburgh third on 54. In the juniors, Dave. The only McBookie.com Premier League game finished uh, Bridget on Thistle 2, Hermes 2 in the Championship. Fraserbury United went clear at the top because Sunnybank were in cup duty. They defeated Aberdeen University 7-0. In the Quest Engineering Cup third round, Dundee East Craigie won 2-0 at Sunnybank, at Sunnybank to go through. In the McLemon Cup first round, East End 1, Dice 0, Bank 3-1, Cooter 4, Colony 2, Nairn St. Ninian 2, uh, Nairn winning 4-2 penalties. Dufton against Stonehaven was postponed. Maud won Ellen United nil. Stonywood Park Vale four. Montrose Rosalie won. And this weekend it's the quarterfinals of the North Region Junior Football Association Regional Cup, sponsored by Domino's Pizza. Yeah! East End against Newmarket United, Aberdeen Uni at home to Rothy Rovers. Cooter are at Hermes for the tithe round. And Montrose Rosalie against Bridget on Thistle. And that is pretty much it for episode 70 of Petodre PS. We aim to publish every week on a Tuesday if we can, always looking back to the Dons' previous fixtures and ahead to the next. Please remember to follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could rate and review us, tell us what you think of the show as well. We'd be very grateful. Thanks for checking out Petodre PS. We'll see you next time.